Hello, and thanks for listening to JoJo's Bizarre Podcast. I am Mark DeVries, and I am joined, as always, by Miles Ma. Hi, Miles. Let me just clap so you know when to... There you go. Can you do a, a, a bigger clap closer to the mic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll be good. I'm also joined by Jackie Jimenez. Hi. Hi, Jackie. I'm not starting over. Okay. The listeners can know that we, we clap to sync audio. Uh, we are a podcast that is mostly focused on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but these days there isn't any new uh, audiovisual JoJo content. So we've been watching animes that our listeners pick. And this week we watched the first four episodes of The Promised Neverland. It's really good. A you 2019 should... anime. You all should watch it. We're, we're on the bleeding edge of, of pop culture current anime. Is this current? I, yeah, I mean, it started a year ago. Oh, I'm supposed to be... Uh, some of my coworkers are watching an anime, and I might watch it with them. So I'm going to maybe watch it. But I'm not going to talk about it on the podcast. Okay. I oh, bet shit. you will. We'll, f- we'll see. I'll bring it up, and then you'll be like, oh, I have to talk about I'm it. I'm trying to remember what the name... Oh, the name is Wave. Listen to me. So listeners, if you watch that, don't write to us about it, because I'm not going <laughs> to talk about it on the pod. But you can tweet at me and tell me things but no spoilers thank you bye you think people are just gonna write in and tell us spoilers about a show no i think i think i what i'm hoping for is that someone will be like oh hey i watched that it's good or i'm Uh, watching that and then we can just be friends on twitter (laughs) yeah let jackie know now if uh listen waves listen to me is let me know let me know if it's trash so i can not watch it Yeah, exactly if it's trash be like i have a a, a child i have to go just make up something Makeup? That's a long-term uh, excuse, saying that you have a child. Like, you need to keep that going forever. Yeah, but you then know? you never have to watch anime you don't like. <laughs> okay. Uh, so before we get into uh, what happened in these uh, Promise you, Neverland episodes... Or you use the lie one time, and then you're like, uh, I don't know. I lost him. <laughs> that that happened to me... At, oh, he's, he got kidnapped. <laughs> that happened to me at, at a job a while ago. Um, This girl... Uh, quit and cited one of her reasons was because her father uh had died Mm. and then like i don't remember how long later like a year and a half ago or something like that she visited she like came by the store with her dad oh maybe she met her stepfather that's what i asked people but people told me they were like no she said dad and one of the managers was like yeah i remember like talking to her because i lost my father a few years ago oh wow i was like oh what did she then message people and be like i was just kidding (laughs) everybody knows that right i'm coming by Oh, boy. You guys can meet my dad. Listeners, Maybe he write came back. Some people come back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listeners, write in and let us know what the uh, biggest, baddest excuse you've ever given uh, at work was. And if you're the person who lied about your father, <laughs> hi, how are you? It's good to talk to you. It's been a while. Uh, okay, we here at JoJo's Bizarre Podcast like to uh, engage with our uh, what is it called? audience audience uh and uh so we take listener emails to an inbox that is good foley work there mark that is for uh oh yeah that is for jojo's bizarre pod at gmail.com you can write to us your thoughts there and we will read some or all of them uh try to keep them to the anime we talked about or that we announce we're talking about on twitter which is twitter.com slash jjb pod by the way um or if you just have thoughts in general on jojo but uh you should listen to the podcast first and see if it's something we already addressed 
Um, yeah. But you don't have to. You don't have to. Because then, because you don't, like, some people are going back and listening to every single podcast episode ever. You don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Even if you write something that's been asked of us three times, we'll read it yeah. again. Yeah. But, uh, you know, also try and be creative. Uh, so, um, this, this uh, section of the pod where we read emails is called... Something different every week. <laughs> man, 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 man. Something orphanage. Oh, no. Well, orf- oh, what? Oh, boy. Aud- oh, I was going to say auditory well, orphanage. So, you know how in the doesn't... show, you know how in the show, uh, the kids don't write letters after they go away? Uh, yeah. So, this is how we know that our listeners are real and not being uh, eaten. This is correspondence because... from Connie, who's dead. <laughs> Because they keep writing in. Our listeners keep writing in more than once. I'm going to have to put spoilers in the title of this episode. Correspond- correspondence And it is the Connie. first episode, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, L- listeners, uh, watch this show. Correspondence Corner uh, today has emails. <laughs> All right, fine. Several. Uh, this one is from Talia, and it goes like this. The subject line is Project Fleam. Just bleep out the part where Miles says she's dead, Okay. Just bleep that out. I can. Just in case. I think some people probably re, li, like listen to the just the, the mail and then they're like, fuck, I'll watch the anime later. Yeah. You know? So we shouldn't put the any spoilers in the in the beginning part. Okay. So Carol and Tuesday reminds me of an anime or manga called Nana or Nana. Which is it's about, Nana. Which is about two girls named Nana who move in together and one of them is in a band. Anna. Tsuchiya does the opening for it, and this made me a fan of hers. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Also, Carol King and her daughter do the theme song to Gilmore Girls, which I think is about Jesus? I don't know. The The song is not not Gilmore Girls. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way to recommend Gilmore Girls that somehow connects it back to JoJo, but I got nothing. Okay. And a quick Google search shows that Araki has not talked about how Gilmore Girls is a great horror show, so there's no <laughs> way I can recommend it for the pod. Suspense. Uh, but I will try again. Um, say, Tali says that The Promised Neverland is one of the most tense mangas they've ever read. Um, just as a reminder, Doro Hedoro is coming out on Netflix in America in about two weeks, and it's fucking batshit. I know I've recommended it before, but even if you don't watch it for the pod, I think y'all should still check it out. We don't watch anime <laughs> outside of this pod, except for this one that I'm watching. That's right. We only watch extremely dry uh, sports documentaries. Mm, no, we don't. Um, we watched like the last dance docuseries, but on like uh, like third string NBA players that were in there for two games and then got injured or something. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing, Miles? Yeah. Did I did I sound like a sports person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We Hell there's yeah. a documentary series about Mark Madsen that you should all watch. Twelfth uh, Man for the Lakers. Is it an anime? No. <laughs> Damn it! It should be an anime. Though. Isn't there a basketball anime? Yeah. Um. What is it called? I, don't know. I was about to say fruits basket. No, that's just something else. <laughs> because that's what it's called when you uh, shoot a banana from the three-point line. I think. Mm. <laughs> fruits basket. You don't want to read the postscripts. Well, I'm re- I'm looking up basketball anime because okay. I'm embarrassed. We're and I know people are going to be like, ah, isn't it Slam Dunk or something like that? Is it Space Jam? Is Space Jam an anime? Yeah. To the Space Japanese, Jam is an is. anime. Because <laughs> for any animation to them is is uh, is anime. Space Jam. I think we should watch Space Jam. Wikipedia has an article called Basketball in Anime and Manga. Uh, yeah, Slam Dunk, Kuroko's Basketball, 
dash cape basquash. Okay, I'm done. Things are getting weird. Postscript. <laughs> Has Araki ever made a musical reference to a Japanese band slash musician slash musical act? I don't think so. Uh, in part eight, there's uh, or maybe seven. In seven or eight, there's a reference to a Japanese band. It's a, I don't know if it's the first one because it's been a while since I read part six, for instance. But uh, yes, it has happened. I'm going to watch a basketball anime. <laughs> no, I won't. No, you won't. That was quite I'm a up to episode nine of Carol and Tuesday because of you guys. Oh. We only watched one more episode. We watched. Ju- yeah, we just watched one uh, more, but it was a good one. Yeah. We should keep, we should keep watching like it. it. We should keep watching it, but now I want to keep watching. Mark wouldn't let me keep watching um, this one. Yeah. Uh, what, what's it called? Promise Neverland. <laughs> the one you like so much but forgot the name of. I don't need to remember names. I remember <laughs> I'm the important fucking around. things. But I remember feelings, and I felt very sad. I almost cried that I couldn't keep watching it. Mark was like, no, for the pod. You looked really sad. Mark was like, I want to play games with my friends. Well, I'm like, all right, we, we, fine, play we, your video game. We watched an episode of The Sopranos and then four anime episodes, and I was also like, I don't want to keep sitting here. But I did. I wanted And to I don't want you to watch it without me. I wanted to watch all of it in one sitting. And then be on the podcast being like, oh, there's more coming. You don't even know about that yet. I was like, what happens? I was like, there's no way. They're, they're all going to die. They're all going to die. By the way, this is a, a <laughs> anime, I should say, that was suggested to us by Josh, a, uh, a Patreon supporter. So thank you very much, Josh, uh, for thank your you. support and for the recommendation. But we'll talk about Patreon later. Uh, who wants to read the next email? I can read it. Me. Okay. Oh. You read it. Fight it out. Okay. <laughs> the Mark just made next a battle over reference. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, is from Christian. And the subject line is, Jorno is great, you guys are just mean. Ow. Oh. Hey gang, writing in to pick up on the discussion of this past episode about Jorno's character. If you ask me, he's actually one of the best protagonists Araki has written. It's just that his character works off of a thing many people don't expect with Jojo. Subtlety. Subtlety. That's subtlety. Now hear me out. Jorno's character arc involves him growing as a person by learning how to apply his stand in different and more diverse ways while making his calm and stoic bravado not just that, a bravado. If you pay attention to some of Jorno's fights, you can see that while he's calm on the outside, his internal monologue is often frantic and expressive. At the beginning of GW, he's a kid who's trying to be a gangster, but he's actually in way over his head. Also, the fact that he's Jonathan and Dio's son is actively woven into his personality, in that he's got a strong sense of justice, but is absolutely merciless to his enemies. If you ask me, people give Araki too much shit because as his manga career has gone on, he's improved a lot with storytelling and character growth, but people don't look past the surface-level appeal of, haha, this is bizarre and memeable. But that's all for now. Let me know what you guys think. Thank you, Christian. I like that it's bizarre. That's that's the appeal to me, that it's bizarre and memeable. I do also a big agree. part of the appeal. Yes, I do also agree with Christian, though. Um, particularly in 7, I think people start to note that the writing itself is actually better. Wow, um, good. But it is also bizarre and meme-worthy. Um, but I will say, Christian, I hear what you're saying, but I, I still do feel like there's projection happening here. Which is fine. It's sort of like the Mary Sue effect. But, you know, when you say um, he's got a strong sense of justice, but is absolutely merciless to his enemies. I mean, that could describe almost every Jojo protagonist. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, I guess you could argue that Jotaro doesn't care about justice. But, I mean, 
I kind of does. I can see the point that he was making. I still disagree, or I, I don't know. I want more. I wanted more out of Giorno. Um, well, that's the thing is, is that it's just like whether or not you feel as though the character made the choices that his uh, ancestors would make. The point is, is that we feel like it was lost potential because we wanted mm. there to be story elements where where we see the character address, you know, their lineage being from Dio and kind of from Jonathan, mm-hmm. uh, and that didn't happen. Or just so even if the character's deeper know, than man. we deeper than than we give uh, him or Araki credit for. Yeah, we're still disappointed. If 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 there was character development there and it was super subtle, I think it was too subtle, like way too subtle. And you know, I don't like it when when things like like beat you over the head with, oh, look at this character, look at the change that this character is going through, right? But uh, you know, there's there's an in between there. <laughs> and uh, but thank you, thank you for for writing that. Um, you did point out some things that I hadn't really thought about or noticed. So, appreciate it. Fine. What? I'm kidding. Miles. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be nice. <laughs> Miles. What? Read the next email. Miles just read an email. I just email. read the last email, Mark, you dummy. Mark, leave Miles alone. Oh my God, my brain. I gotta read it. <laughs> This one is from Mouth of Hadar, and the subject line is 81.25% JoJo by volume. Hey, JJB pod. Last up, you wondered how many episodes of the podcast are actually JoJo at this point. You'll be glad to know that there are 143 episodes where the main topic is JoJo media and only 33 where it's not. <laughs> That's 81.25% JoJo. Even if you upload every single week, if uh, you have at least two years before JoJo episodes become the minority. And there's no way part six will take that long, right? Haha, <laughs> right? Um, thank you for doing the math. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I, and I, I am glad to hear that we're more than, more than four-fifths JoJo. I think after two years, then we have, if, if there is no uh, part six, then we need to like, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, I, change the name we'll revisit no no no. i think we should like revisit jojo in in some different way or we can do more of like the theme episodes yeah we can do more theme episodes yeah we um, did a pet episode we, did we do a dad's one i forget what we haven't we didn't do the dad's one we did sex we did sex and dogs right we did not do the two together we didn't do dads oh we got to do dads I for don't father's think we did, day we did dads we could do a mom's one for Mother's Day. We, we Although could, I think this is the mom's episode. As listeners, you will n- learn about later. And we're only <laughs> uh, a week away from a week past Mother's Day. So yeah, this is our Mother's Day episode. We've decided. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to uh, mo- to mom. <laughs> in this episode, in this show. Yeah. Don't uh, sell your children to aliens. Uh, we don't know what they are. Eighty-one point twenty-five percent JoJo by volume should be. If we made T-shirts, that should be on the T-shirt. No, but the but the the number is going to change with every new episode we make. Yeah, we'll make get a new, new t-shirt T-shirts every week. Oh, okay. oh, every week with a slight <laughs> decimal changing. We would just like write over it with a marker because no one's buying them. We should just update our Twitter profile with the ratio every week. <laughs> oh man, I'm not doing that. Okay, uh, neither am I. <laughs> okay, I will read an email. This is an email from Arthur, entitled, More Throwback Than Usual. 
Hey guys, writing from December 2018, but I just remembered something I thought was weird from part four. Why doesn't Josuke have any friends? Jonathan grew up a whiny rich kid who got picked on and whose only positive relationships were actively sabotaged. Joseph shows up in New York pretty much right before part two starts and he makes a friend immediately despite being an overconfident hotshot asshole. Love Joseph, by the way. Best Jojo easily. Hmm. Jotaro seems pretty popular at the start of part three, but he also appears to hate everyone and then he leaves for Egypt anyway, so it makes sense that we don't see any old friends of his. But Josuke has lived in Morio his whole life and the few of his schoolmates we see at least seem to know who he is, but I don't think we see any evidence that he knows anyone in this town that we didn't see him meet besides his mom and grandpa. Then one of the first people he does meet tries to obliterate him, but an hour later, they're BFFs who do everything together all the time. I don't know, it just feels weird to me is all. Anyway, thanks as always, Arthur. P.S. Don't worry, Miles, I got the good feathers joke you've forgotten about. Hmm. Well, you think I'm a clown? (laughs) Uh, Something funny to you about that joke? You're right on the money, Miles. Everyone knows the reference you're making. It's actually a terrible, terrible impression. You got nothing wrong. Come on. Um, yeah, It. I think the reason why these characters all start without friends is it's just sort of like, I, I, I'm not someone who's like well-versed in classic literature enough to say this properly, but I guess it's like the Odyssey kind of effect or just any sort of hero's journey. Mm. Like we don't need to know about their social life and complicate it with their existing social ties. So it's like they meet everyone on the journey. You know, otherwise I was going to say this anime uniquely is about uh, weird young men with special powers learning to make friends for the first time. Uh, But I think this is just a thing because, yeah, usually these characters are going on an odyssey. They're traveling across, you know, distant lands. Uh, And so we see them meet people for the first time. Um, What do you think about that, Miles? Writer? Um, Yeah, that makes sense to me. It it is I and honestly I'd never thought about Josuke not having any friends, but it's a great point, Arthur. They all kind of don't seem that social. Like they don't really seem like they have that much of a. None of them do. That's 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 what uh, Jos- Arthur's saying. Yeah, Josuke is popular with the ladies, though. I don't. He think- has all those girls who follow him and look at his hair. They're all popular with the ladies. That's the thing. They're all kind of loners. They don't really have like a best friend, but like people like them. Like they're popular, but they're lonely. Yeah. And then when a season starts and you meet a Jojo, it's like their life gets all flipped, turned upside down after (laughs) after they learn about stands or they meet their long lost relative or whatever it is. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it would be cool to see a JoJo where we just jump in the middle and everything is fine and they have a relationship and they have friends and family uh, and then stands or whatever uh, fucks everything up. Come on. Actually, that kind of... Eh. Anyway. <laughs> what? Nothing. Okay. Nothing I can talk about. All right. Don't talk about it then. Don't talk about it. Um. Yeah, but it is funny because Morio is like... It's a town, you know, he's not, it's not like he, he's from Morio, but we first see him in Nagasaki or something where mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, he must have friends at home. It's like, no, no, this is where he grew up. We never leave. He just hangs out with his hot mom all day and yeah. sister. And grandpa. Oh, right. And dog. Yeah. Okay. He's got friends. Just hangs out with his dog. What is more a, do you need? A dog is, is a, a dog. Yeah. Police. No, that's, um. Just that's Koichi's dog. That's Koichi's dog. Oh, cool. oh, really? Yeah. 
Oh, never mind. Yeah, your fave character, Koichi. <laughs> yeah, some might say a, a dogs are a, a man's best friend. You know? No. I just thought of that. Uh, I read the next one. Okay. This. There's spoilers. Be careful. Yeah, I actually don't. Okay. Get out of there. There's spoilers? Yeah, it says spoilers in big letters. Uh, this email is from LJ Draws. And it's titled, I Draw Maybe Too Much. Hi, JJBA pod crew. I am from Australia and caught up on your awesome podcasts in three months. Thank you. Wow. I listen to your podcast while drawing and reading JoJo. Spoilers. Speaking of JoJo, Mark, sorry if I spelt your name wrong. You did. It's Mark with a C. I have a theory for part eight, basically. And um, basically asking if a character from a previous arc is the type of being present in a later arc. And I say, maybe. It's a little bit thin. A little bit thin of a connection, but I see what you were going for. And uh, listeners will never know. Nope. This is just between you and uh, this person, LJ. By the way, if you find Crunchyroll annoying, you could try Anime Lab. Thanks for being such a great podcast. Also, I have a recommendation for an anime. What do you think about watching Haikyuu? An anime about volleyball. Just a thought, though. I can't wait for your next episode from LJ Draws. P.S. Every time I close my eyes, I wake up feeling like I need to go back to sleep because I draw until late. One of my drawings. Get some rest, baby. You go to sleep. Yeah, this is some kind of pen and marker JoJo-ish drawing. I'll show Jackie here. It's quirky. I see it. Oh, you see it? You dodge the spoilers and scrolled? Yes. Impressive. I know how to not read and read. I, I, will, I will say that last week, Miles almost spoiled season three of The Sopranos, and I managed oh. to edit it out without hearing it. Wow, amazing. Oh, way to go, dude. Yeah, I just like looked at the sound wave and was like, I think this is what he, where he says <laughs> stuff. And so I just muted <laughs> it and moved on. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Wow. You've become the one. You could just read the sound waves. You're like Neo. Yeah. That's uh, kind of true. I'm pretty impressive. Uh, who wants to read the last I gotta one? Re- I'm going to read the next one. This is from Josh. The subject line is Promised Neverland. Yo, JJBP crew. Yo. Glad you guys got to see this anime. It's a series that I started after hearing a few things about it. Uh, and I went in mostly blind after it won two awards at the Crunchyroll Awards. It won Best Fantasy Series and Isabella, or Mama, was voted best villain of the year. Happy Mother's Day, Mama. (laughs) Uh, Even from four episodes, you may be able to tell why. I came out of the series very pleasantly surprised at how good it was, and I'm excited for the rumored second season. I'm still listening through the backlog again, and this is just a small gripe that can never be fixed or changed, but oh man, Mark keeps calling Diamond is Unbreakable the third season, even though it's the fourth, but still very good listening. I'm just at the episode where you guys got the art that you use for the episode icons and all that, and I was wondering what character you'd like to be drawn as if you got another one, now that you've seen part five and the rest of part three since then. Thank you for taking my money in exchange for a podcast episode, Josh. P.S. Carolyn Tuesday won best score at the Crunchyroll Awards. P.P.S. Should I have my friends read the part six manga so that they can also then read seven and eight? 
or tell them to wait until after the part six anime has aired. Seven and eight are at least four years away, anime-wise, after all, if the current trend continues. That's a tough question because the fear is that you... um you know, read part six and then they're like announcing part six anime. Um, but it's possible with the current uh, pandemic sitch yeah. that it's delayed even longer. Yeah. So have them all read it now so they'll yeah. forget it by the time like a year or two passes. <laughs> yeah. They can just read it now. I would say that's probably the best way to go. Yeah. Um, I did not make a mistake about what season this is, by the way, um, because you may not recall that Season one is both uh, parts one and two together. So season. S- so there's seasons and there's parts. Correct. Hmm. So season one is uh, fucking Phantom Blood and Battle Tenancy. Season two is Stardust Crusaders, even though they did take a bit of a break because it was an extremely long, like 40 episode season. And then season three is Diamond is Unbreakable. Season four is part five, a Golden Wind. So nice try, but you got to try again. Because I am never wrong. Send your hate mail to, uh, what is it? What's our email? Uh, Mark at rocketmail.com. No. Jojo's Bizarre Pod at gmail.com. Is that it? That is it. That's it, you guys. I've heard Mark say it enough that I, and without trying to remember it, I remember it. Very good. Great job. Mm. Yay. Well, there was another thing that Josh said. Hold on. Um, mm. Oh, the icons. Um, wondering what character you'd like to be drawn as if you got another one now that you've seen part five and the rest of part three since then Mm. I was gonna say what about part four but I forgot we went in a fucked up order (laughs) we started with part four and then went backwards yeah Mm. what character would you like to be drawn I don't know I still I, I like staying as Josuke I'm fine with that um, I don't know if there's anybody in part five that I like aesthetically or um, feel a kindred spirit with. Who's the one with the purple hair and lips? Uh, Abakio? I-, I could be drawn as Abakio. Okay. I would like to be... Is it Abakio stand who's the sexy VHS uh, spirit? <laughs> yes. Yes. The yes. fucking answering machine? Uh, I don't want to be that, but I just wanted to remember it. So I said it out loud. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Miles, do you have any um, characters that you would p- prefer to be depicted as? I like Bruno's bob and um, lace tits. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm picturing you with a real world bob and I hate it. I think it could work. I think it could work. It could work with Miles' hair type, but I, I, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like thinking about it. I, I think, Miles, you need to be a villain. You're not allowed to be True. a good person. Yeah, you're you're evil, dude. I think I think I'm I'm fine sticking with Kira. Yeah, I would still like to be Joseph. Yeah, those are good 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 choices. Um, anyway, we mentioned. Oh, you know what, Yukako. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I would like to be Yukako. I think that'd be cool. Okay, that's a good change. Then we're all part four. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Which one were you? I'm Josuke. Because mm. my hair is weird. <laughs> um, we have a Patreon. It's uh, You just go to patreon.com slash jjbpod. It's hot in here. Um, we have three tiers, but every bit helps. There's a $1 tier. Uh, 
for which you get my undying gratitude and you get to read Miles' newsletters every week where he compiles uh, a link to all of the things that we reference from pop culture and non-pop culture. There's some obscure shit in there. Miles, don't miss the Fresh Prince reference. Okay. <laughs> um, we also have a $3 tier, which uh, helps three times as much financially, um, if you can do the math. Um, but if you spend $3, we'll read your name like this. I want to say thank you to Austin, Celeste, Chad, Christian, Josh, Kevin, Martin, Michael, Nick, Tim, and Tyler. And no one else. Um, <laughs> lastly, there is a $20 tier that you only have to do one time, but we will watch an anime of your choosing if you pledge just one month, at least one month. Okay. Uh, do you guys want to take a break? I have to turn on the AC and okay. I drank a lot of water. Okay. It's time to talk about the anime we watched four episodes of this week entitled The Promised Neverland. It's good! Jackie has tipped her hand about how she feels about this anime. I like it a lot, but I haven't finished it, obviously, because Mark won't let me. That's right. Uh, (laughs) The Promised Neverland is uh, based on a manga of the same name, written by Kayu Shirai, which is a pen name. Nobody knows who this person is. What? And illustrated by someone named Posuka Demizu. Can they find that person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, She's done like an interview and has photos Mystery. taken and stuff has green hair last i saw oh. um the promised neverland first came out in weekly shonen jump august 1st uh, 2016 um and it actually somehow was released in english at the same time as the japanese one hmm. via viz's uh viz media's like online thingy which mm-hmm. that that's news to me i've never heard of that happening um and yeah this anime came out between uh, or among well, during the months of January to March last year, 2019, uh, and there was a second season planned for this October, but due to events happening in this world today, uh, it's been pushed to January of next year, 2021. Um, Wait, what has been pushed? Second season. Aw, okay. Not going to January. So we got to stretch it out, Jackie. We can only watch one episode a Mark, week. Mark, no, we're going to binge all of it like tonight. No, I have Ugh. things <laughs> Ugh. to do. Um, we have completely different like binge watching. Sc- I want to binge everything. Mark wants to watch one episode a night for the rest of our lives. Yeah, I don't like sitting <laughs> and in I'll the never same place see the ending for a while, and I like having time to think about stuff. I don't. I just want to know. I just want to know the answer. And then I get FOMO. <laughs> I see people talking in the chats and on the web, making posts and stuff. You know, and I got to get in there. Mark needs to go play video games with his friends. I've got to jump in the fray. <laughs> um. So that's okay. Episode one, they, um, by the way, can I just say the opening song, the OP, is like pretty good. I love that it has that wailing saxophone in it. I don't like it. Right after it starts. Why don't you like it? I don't know. I don't even remember it. I just wrote down that it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the saxophone part in it. The rest, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but uh, there's like a wailing sax with like an 80s kind of reverb on it, and it's good. Um, but I wasn't sure what kind of show it would be. Yeah, And then as soon as you know, know what show it is after episode one, you're like, this OP is sort of deceitful. Like, I thought, what the fuck is I this? I was thinking maybe two things. There's two things like the title the title brought to my attention. One, I'm thinking The Promised Land, which isn't that like Jews out of Egypt 
like Israel, yep. right? So maybe biblical. Oh, I don't know. And Neverland, which <laughs> is uh, Peter Pan's uh, hometown. <laughs> yeah, his hometown. <laughs> so I thought maybe it had something to do with like a place where you never grow up, which no. is true. Isn't it Never Neverland or is it just Neverland? I, th- I think it's called Neverland. They say Never Never, but it's what's, Neverland. What's on the town uh, documentation? Oh what are you talking about? Okay, fine. Know. But I think I think Neverland is appropriate because it is a place where they never grow up. It's true. <laughs> they can't grow up. Yeah, by the way, spoilers for this anime. Uh, we kind of mentioned it in the beginning, but... Uh, you find this out in the first episode. In the first episode, you get the gist of the story, which we'll talk about in a second. There's a twist in the first episode. <laughs> which, which I was happy about because the beginning, first half of this episode, I was like, I don't care about these kids. I was interested. What is this shit? I was like, there's a mystery here. What did you think, Miles? So the first 15 minutes, I was also like impatient. I was like, what is the sinister thing that's underlying all of Because it's just like kids playing tag for like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it totally delivered and then some with how dark the twist was. Yeah, it, yep. was, it was darker than I yep. expected. I was like, nice. I knew there was going to be... I didn't think it was going to be that dark, but I knew something mysterious was happening because it's like, okay, you're keeping these kids like captive for some reason and they think it's like nice and fun but there's there's something up here because there's never i don't know the anime would be boring if it was a boring secret (laughs) oh well yeah i mean at first i thought i thought norman was evil for just because his eyes are never fully open he always has like half open eyes like he's stoned (laughs) um and i was just like he looks evil so does mama mama eventually though um turns out to be evil uh, and then when I started to realize, like, okay, they're being taken somewhere at that gatehouse, I thought we'd just see, like, evil dudes who are frowning, being mean, taking her away. And then she was dead. And I was like, that's cool. I was like, <laughs> all right, child murder. And then there were demons. And I was like, the show's good. I'm yeah, they're called demons. I think they're aliens. Miles also mentioned aliens. I think it seems like aliens, but who knows? I mean, they they say demons. Who knows where the demons will come from? I think they're aliens. You know? There could be some from the sea, a la Pacific Rim. Mm. The kids have numbers on their necks to identify them. Yeah, they kind of look like hardcore gangbangers because they have this <laughs> sort of like gothic font neck tattoo. It's uh, pretty awesome, but it is sort of weird and it does clash with the sort of like nice, like, ha ha ha, we love each other. We're all orphans together in this wonderful mansion. Mom, I love you. And you are just kind of like, what's the deal with those numbers couldn't they have done like a softer script mm-hmm. you know something that you could lie to the kids about and be like don't it doesn't look mean it's that this is what everyone graphic, does graphic designers write in and tell us what is what the font for these <laughs> tattoos should have been yeah it's true it is kind of but i think like these kids are being raised from when they're very little to be at this orphanage so they'll kind of believe whatever you tell them like it's true know? Are they giving five-year-old kids these tattoos? They're the, uh, probably the like, infant. Are, infant babies probably get this tattoo. Ouch! Which is a weird thing to do because then it would stretch. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. So what did I write here? Um. I th- I wrote that Connie's face is fucked up. Connie is a six-year-old. She's cute. Her her mouth is too far up her face next to her eyes. It was weird. She's cute. If you say so. Connie, uh, so basically there's like a 30, 38 for a little while. There's 38 kids living in an orphanage 
And what we know about them that we slowly reveal is just that at 12, they all have to leave the orphanage. No matter what. No matter what, which is kind of like, okay, I guess that's at like... At 12, yeah. they get like adopted, quote unquote. Well, they, like, that's they, what they think. They get like, yeah, they can get adopted earlier, but at 12, they, they have to leave the house. I guess the idea is being like, whatever state this is in, they only um, let you live in the orphanage until you're 13 or 12 mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and and I think a lot of this episode uh, is boring at first because they want us to know everybody's names. You it's know? not boring. Well, it's okay. you find it boring. Correct. I think it's sweet. Well, I'm a solipsist and, um, and mysterious. It's mysterious. Uh, it took us. It, well, it did take us like a good five plus minutes to figure out who Emma was because they <laughs> use the name Emma while like cutting around to different kids' faces, and so I was like, "No, that's Emma." Yeah. Wait, no, I think Emma has the red hair. You know. Um, it seems to mainly be focused on this girl, Emma, who is 11 years old. It's the three kids. It's the three kids that all get a perfect score. Emma, Norman, and, uh, Ray. Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's mostly Emma, though. I feel like she's in the most scenes. Well, Emma is, is like the sweet, idealistic, um, person that's kind of driving, like, without her, the story would be very different. You know, like she's mm. the one who's like, we need to save everybody. And, you know, um, whereas the other two boys, one of them is very practical and like, we got to save ourselves. And the other one is also very smart, somewhat practical, but he's also he's a little bit more kind of in the middle. Um, and we find out that he likes uh, Emma, so he wants to make her happy. And so he'll he'll follow along with her somewhat idealistic kind of impossible feat task. But I think that like if they can't if they can't save everybody, they'll they'll save themselves um, or save who they can. Yeah. You know? Um but they're like kind of like shoot for the moon. Right. So they they learn they have land to land on the stars. Oh yeah, by the way, uh so there's this girl, Connie we mentioned before. She has a totally normal face. She's a little girl, little She's cute little girl. A little, little baby. girl with with the name of a sixty year old uh, you know, woman they're they all have like old school western There's, names who's named norman at one point they're like oh we have to talk to don and gilda and i thought she'd go to meet like two like 70 year old people Don that is, look like they're in my family uh, there's there's and norman, they sound like they're from new york city there's people our age named don yeah yeah Where? oh name one i know i've met people named don don lemon CNN yeah, he's, correspondent. He's, he's young yeah but people on tv news are like aliens you know I know people named Don. I don't know a single one. Are you thinking of the Ninja Turtle with the purple headband? No. Oh, okay. I know people <laughs> named Don. Gilda, I do not know anybody with that name except for the Good Witch of the East. Or Gilda Radner. I don't know who that is. Rip. Uh, she was a Saturday Night Live uh, player. Okay. Funny person. Comedian. That's what that's called. Um. Yeah, they've all got oldie names, and uh, this girl Connie also has a stuffed bunny. This is important. It's uh, half her size, and its name is Little Bunny. In English. <laughs> uh, and I kept thinking it would speak every Aww. time, because they kept trying to make it important by, like, you know, isolating it in the frame, and I was like, I really want the bunny to have a deep voice. <laughs> the bunny never spoke. Because I didn't know what this was about. I thought maybe there were fantasy elements, and so I'm yeah. like, does this, does this doll talk? Um. There is, oh man, I wish I wrote down what it was, but there was one moment where they just like stop for a second and they're like, anyway, as we all know, we get adopted, but we could also at turn 12 and then we leave the house. Mama is our matriarch. 
you know, who runs this place, like they just stop for a second and just break it all down for you. Mm. Um, which, you know, was not totally unwelcome. Do, what's the story for them in terms of the tests? Like what, what are they told about why they take those tests and stuff? I don't know why, what they're told about them, but the significance of the test is that like, if you score low enough on it, then you get shipped off to be eaten by these demons. Mm hmm. Yeah, so basically, if you didn't know, all the time, if you didn't figure it out by now, all the times that the kids uh, are being, quote-unquote, adopted uh, or leaving when they're 12, they're being given to these giant, evil, alien, demon creatures that they look, they all look a little bit different. They look like the alien from Alien. No. Yes, they do. They do not look like xenomorphs. They do. Absolutely not. Miles, what do you think they look like? I don't think they look like xenomorphs. Ugh, I think right. they look a little like they're they're a little bit like miniature angels from Eva. Mm. Oh yeah, that's but, good. But goopier, maybe I don't know. Goopier. It's just that first one they showed this big eye rolling around, and then it has two eyes that are like vertically aligned. I was like, what am I looking at? I thought it was a suit for a second. Um. Anyway, so they're not supposed to leave the gate. You know, it's one of those orphanages. We should have mentioned that they're kind of held captive. You know, they're just told, oh, it's dangerous beyond the gate. Right. Sort of like the movie Dogtooth or uh, Wolfpack or you know, insert movie where the kids are told not to leave the premises. Although they're not told there's no outside world. Anyway. They're just told it's dangerous. They're little kids. Like little kids are supposed to be kind of uh, regulated. <laughs> like Sheltered. They, they, yeah. They, they like <laughs> any any little kid that you know, they can't just go off. Yeah, you know. I'll, on t- their I'll own tell you somewhere. what, though. If you told people the, the the truth, if you told people now today that there are demons out there trying to eat you, we'd all stay quarantined, self quarantined, <laughs> a lot better. Um. Anyway, so basically, they take Connie, who's six years old, out. You know, and you're like, oh, she's being adopted, but she leaves. At some point, they find that she left little bunny. And somewhere. she loves little bunny. She can't. She can't go off with her new family without little bunny. So um, Emma and Norman go after her with the bunny to like try to give it to her. Even though you know Emma and Mama are way ahead. They're um, outside the fence. Yeah, they're outside the fence. So um, Emma and Norman are like, well, let's break the rules together. Um, you know. And like, let's beg for forgiveness after the fact. So they go together and they see like, there's like this tunnel beyond the fence. There's like a tunnel and there's a truck and they see the truck. They figure this is the truck where Connie is being, you know, she's going to board. She's boarding this truck. Comfortably transported. Right. And transported off to her new family Um, or whatever. But so they, but they look around and they don't see anybody. Um, And then Emma sees something in the back of the truck and she's staring at it like oh my god i think she screams a little bit i don't know she probably uh, i don't think so i hope she's quiet <laughs> but she's like oh what the fuck and then and then norman comes to like see and they both and then they reveal it and it's connie very dead very dead she looks like the she looks like a dry like she got dried up like a raisin um like they suck the water out of her or something to preserve her and uh, yes um, like greek yogurt and she has a um she has like a flower stuck in her yeah i don't yeah. know what was up with that, that was like weird. a like a red flower stuck in her for some reason um but that's very scary and it was very good yeah then they hear people coming out and they hide under the truck i guess and we hear kind of what how this whole process works and these demons um because we kind of we hear them talking 
and they're talking about how um, this girl is pretty young, and they're talking about ages and test scores and shit. And basically, what we learn is that they are picking these kids uh, to eat them; that they are mm-hmm. meat. This is a harvest of some kind. It's a farm. They and call it a farm. That's right. Yeah, a harvest might only refer to vegetation. Um, at some point, the kids get a peek, and yeah, there are these big, horrible creatures we already described. And one of them, like, sort of extracts uh, Connie from the van, from the truck, using his hand, puts her into, I think, some kind of like liquid thing. Yeah. You don't really see it, or like a, some frozen container or something. Yeah, like a like a magic bullet. Um, and uh, they say that they they're it's high quality meat for the rich. They these guys are like we we would never eat something like this. This is high quality meat for the rich. So I don't know what meat. Yeah, they're can eating. we explore the class struggle of the demons? Please? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I want to know about these people I wanna, eaters. I want to know about the working demon. Yeah, yeah. What does the working demon eat? I, I there's a bunch of political metaphors in this show, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So they they're horrified, at understanding everything they're understanding and seeing these demons and the dead uh, friend, and then you hear one of them being like, "I smell something." Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the, the kids run away. They run. And they're like, are we food? They're like, what the fuck did we just see? But they're children. So they say, oh my God. You know, like they're not like, what the, but if they were adults, they'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, well, we don't speak Japanese. They could have been uh, cursing up a storm. Who knows? I don't know how to express myself. Like the, that emotion. I don't know how to express it. Not by saying what the fuck. Like that's the only thing I can say. You could you just know? go, oh my God. Just if you oh, say, oh my God, a lot of, it feels good. Um, and so they kind of start deducing, and that's what a lot of the show is, is about the kids strategizing and kind of reading the other people's plays. Right. Also, while they, while they were there, while they, they witnessed this, you know, they, they heard these working class demons talking about the, the, the farm and the f- meat for the rich and stuff. Um, mom was there. So they're like, oh, fuck, mom is in on this. Like, whatever it is. Like, mom is setting us up to be eaten and she's lying to us. Scary. Yeah. Um. The show's cool because it's so easy to imagine, like, what you would do in this situation. Because the mm-hmm. kids don't, like, the kids are very, like, Ray and Norman are very smart and Emma's very athletic. But otherwise, they're just normal people who are put in this, like, situation where they can't trust anyone. Like, the scenario is, like, obviously horrendous and over the top. But, like, the actions that the kids have to take are very realistic. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so tense and terrifying. Yeah, it's not about like uh, a specific profession, like a spy having to do something else with mm-hmm. their whole war situation. I don't know. Yeah, it's universal, the idea of being cared for as a kid, but you're not really being cared for. You're being groomed to be eaten. Scary. Um, it's a it's a free range farm. Like they, they treat the true. they treat the children per, like fairly well before they uh, like, you know, so it's like kind of ethical, <laughs> right? Like if you're going to eat. Yeah. If you're going to eat people, like might as well ha- let them live happy lives until they're 12 or stupid. <laughs> Whatever comes first. <laughs> yeah. These are organic children. Yeah. yeah. Organic, free range, uh, cruelty free children. Is this a vegan? Is this like some like vegan messaging here where it's That's like organic food doesn't mean it's like, you know, you're still killing them. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Um, something to think about. Something to chew on. Uh, anyway, that's pretty, pretty much good. where episode one ends. Is no, it ends when mom finds the rabbit. Ah, uh, yes. So mama, also known as Isabella, finds... Isabella's her real name. Mama is what they call her because she's like their mom. Mama. And they all feel like they're siblings. 
Yeah, she finds Little Bunny because they never, they didn't put Little Bunny with uh, Connie's dead body. They didn't bring it back to where they found it. Mm-hmm. They left it somewhere in the outer parts of the property. Yeah, because they ran away in a panic. So they know, yeah. So Mama's like, what the fuck is Bunny doing out here? Someone must have uh, mm-hmm. brought her. And it's a little bit of a jump. You could just assume that the kids were playing with Little Bunny or something, but. It seemed pretty, like that ending was scary. Like was there was scary. like scary music and. Yeah, was it, was, it, was a, it was a bit of a musical sting and yeah. Yeah. Um, with her half open eyes because she's been sharing blunts with Norman. Um, <laughs> episode uh, episode two starts with Mark setting the table. It starts with someone named Mark, and I was like, "Shit, Mark has a dumb haircut." I'm <laughs> upset. Um, and uh, is this when they loop in Ray, or do they do that already in episode one? Uh, they have not looped in Ray yet. In episode two is when they do it. Uh, but th- this is when they start to um. So so Norman tells Emma to to act normal because she's still freaking out, and he's like, "You got to act normal. We got to pretend like." we don't know anything like we're just happy kids like we are um and they figure out like okay so they were talking about age age is the the quality like a fine wine like you know or whatever like aged meat um where 12 is the best and um and they haven't gotten shipped yet like they're kind of reasoning everything together they haven't gotten shipped yet because they have great scores so i think it's like if you have really good scores they want to keep aging you so that you're like perfect. Like hopefully if you keep continue to have great, great scores year after year, then you can become like the perfect like S grade meat or whatever. But as soon as you're... Because the brains are what makes it delicious. Right. Because they, they figure that out, that the brains having a big, nice, juicy, developed a nice, brain. Nice, wrinkly brain nice full of facts. developed brain makes you delicious. I like how when they found that out, there were like all these quick cuts of their heads i was like oh so that is a brain okay it's in there (laughs) um and yeah so so they kind of realize how that works but you know if your grades start to go down then they start shipping people off in the from in order from lowest scores to highest scores do you think there's any questions that happen to be like i would taste best with chive butter Mm -hmm. or whatever and they're like wait a minute I don't, yeah, maybe this there's has nothing to do with there's my pairings, intelligence. There's pairings, like you know, right. you know, <laughs> children if, of this age who like science are best paired with. If uh, I was on a dinner table, like, you know, what yeah. would I be next to? Yeah. Am I a grass-fed orphan <laughs> or something else? Yeah. Um. So they they talk about like, okay, we're gonna escape during the day. Um, we're gonna let's go out to see what's beyond the fence. So they go out to see what's actually beyond the fence to see like what that would look like when they escape. And there's just a big wall. A um, giant three or four meter thick like stone wall. And it's very smooth. So they can't like Unlike climb their it easily. Yeah. <laughs> but people have climbed big walls before. They'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Mark, uh, the little boy from the beginning with Mark's name. Yes. Um, he, uh, so all the, you know, when the bell rings, all the kids have to run back to mama. Um, and Mark comes running back and he's crying and he's like, I lost uh, Ny- Nyla. Um, we, we got separated. And Mama pulls something out of her pocket. It's a compass. She looks at it. And then she's like, you don't need to worry. Um, I know where she is. I'll find her. But we also see that it does have like a radar. Oh, I missed that part. I was writing something down. Right. Do we see that, Miles? We see the radar? I don't think so. I, don't I think, think she just, radar. it looks like a compact. Like, like yeah, yeah. Like it's some, something that opens clasp. I may have imagined something. But... I don't okay. think you see into it, no. Yeah. 
Um, so the mom finds her and they realize that there's, they're all tracked and they have a tracking device. Well, yeah. Cause she found her immediately. She's just like, I'll get her. And she, and she just walks in leaves. one direction yep. and then comes back in that same direction. <laughs> and they also, they realize like, Oh, mama wanted whoever, cause she, mama knows that some of the kids know the secret and mama wanted us to see that she can keep track of us. Yeah. She, uh, I guess it's like, don't try to fucking escape. Cause I will, uh, I'll know where you are. I'll find you, know, you. It's like a scary threat. And they realize, okay, so there must be tracking devices in our bodies. And they spend a good chunk of time being like, where would they be in our bodies? And Miles, where where did your mind go right off the bat? What? Why are you asking me? I'm just, just curious. I don't want to tee you up by saying where we thought. That's not what I thought. I was wondering about it, but I did not come to any conclusion. Okay. Because I was saying. You do not speak for me, Mark. I was saying the ear. That's what I was thinking. Really? I was no. I was, oh, so you I was, guessed right, is what no. You're I was saying. thinking of butts. Way to go, I was Mark. I was thinking immediately. I was like, it's in their uh, butt. They put no. the tracking device in their butt. I think it would be bad to put it in the butt because it would be too easy to knock it out. You know, like if it's in the butt, <laughs> like things are coming out of there what all the time. In the butt? It's true. It is a high traffic locale. Yeah. Yeah. You want some place that they're not going to pick at. They're not going to look at. They're not going to notice. Mm. You know. So like. Behind the ears, the armpit. Um, Armpit's good. I think armpit. Or the leg pit behind your knee. Uh, Oh, yeah, leg pit's good. Middle of the back. Behind the head, back of the head. Yeah, I don't know. These are all places that I touch all the time. I I think part of this is because I wash myself in the shower. Uh, No, we we don't do that. (laughs) What? I'm kidding. Um, I think oh, back- we don't wash here. We're disgusting. I, I think back of the head is good because uh, they're not going to look there and you always need your head. Like you can lose an arm, you can lose a leg, but you're always going to need your head. Right. You know, God only made one. And the brain is the tastiest part. So the, you really want to track the head. The problem with that, though, Jackie, is that when anime characters feel sheepish, they put their hand behind their head with their elbows mm. sticking way up in the air as they laugh nervously. So. Mm. They would probably find it. Mm. Um, it's got to be deep in the skull. Put it in the skull. They could also put them in like their fancy shoes that they're all wearing. They're like their Red Wing branded shoes. That'd be too easy to take off. You know, too easy to... Yeah, but they can't. you can't go far without your fancy shoes. That's true. No, then they would we'd see like a great escape style montage where they uh, make shoes out of like uh, duct tape and toilet paper mm. or something. Um, they know at one point that they have, they wear all white because it makes it easier to show dirt, which I thought was interesting because in a way that can sort of show, uh, if you've been dirty and unclean, but can also show that you've been wandering off the grounds because if you're going through the forest or other parts of the wilderness that are on the outside of the property, you'll get dirty. So it's kind of a good way to keep track of the kids. I thought that was a cool detail. They eventually, they check out a new uh, baby that has come in. Well, that's that's not even this episode. I think that's next episode. But that's how they figure out where the tracking device is, isn't it? Yes. But that's not this episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this So so they were, they're, they're out. They, um, Emma and Norman meet out in the like woods, at, like beyond the fence to talk about their secret escape. Um, and they're like, we should tell Ray. I think we can trust him and he can help us. And they're like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's tell Ray. And Norman's like, uh, you should let me talk to him. And then Ray's like, hey guys, <laughs> Ray like followed them into the woods. And so they tell, he they- specifically says, yo, <laughs> yeah, he does. Yo. Um, 
And so they explain it to Ray, to Ray and Ray is like, uh, you know, there's nothing out there, right? And he gets very like pessimistic and very like realistic and very like practical. He's about like, it. anyway, who can we save? I think some people have physical ability. And Emma is like, no, we take everyone. And he's like, that's ridiculous. We can't do it. This is basically yeah. just like two types of people who play Three strategy types. RPGs like XCOM or Fire Emblem where you're like, I don't want anyone to die. And uh, other people who are like, yeah, it's going to happen. Fuck it. Move on. Oh, no. Um, you know, and it is kind of true. Like if you're trying to track like kids, you know, in the forest and you're like, well, there's a gaggle of people in the fucking woods, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be hard for 38 people. Well, 37 now to move uh, quietly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a worthwhile uh, conversation they have. But eventually Emma gets her way by being like, nope, I will not be a part of this plan if it involves any, yeah. you know, any sort of calculated casualties. Um, we make sure everyone is ready uh, and I'm not helping or whatever if we're not going to do yeah. that. And Which Norman, is also like, yes, you are. You have no choice, but whatever. Well, and Norman is like, well, all right, let's try it. And then Ray is like, are you fucking serious? And they're like, yeah, and you can't you can't do this shit by yourself without our help. And he's like, you're right. <laughs> yeah, and Norman is like, I knew Emma was going to do that. And uh, you know what? I didn't want to say no because I like her. Mm-hmm. I like her. And Ray's like, you're fucking weird, dude. Um, I don't know what he says. Um, I don't know, Jackie. I feel like I, I have notes in here at least because they talk about a tracking device and they're like, well, they don't know exactly where we are uh, or something like that about there, there not being any tracking devices in the buildings that they have to be on their bodies. Mm-hmm. And someone's like, well, there's no tracking devices in the house. I looked and I was like, what? Yeah. You- or he, he was saying like there was no, uh, I think it was Norman said there's no cameras and no... Uh, there's no listening or or, or video devices in, in the... Uh, nothing like Ridiculous. that here. I looked. Ridiculous leap to conclusion. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you're a child, okay? You know nothing of the espionage <laughs> world. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they don't teach you that in school. <laughs> like I do. They base the, the Gene Hackman movie, The Conversation, on me, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, how they hide wow. microphones and stuff. And, yeah, there's fucking demons. You know there's demons. Maybe they have demon listening devices, you know? Like some kind of fleshy diamond that floats through the walls. You have no idea. Yeah. And you're Demon just like, technology. nah, I don't hear any of this shit. Let's keep talking. Yeah. This this could have been over, you know? This could have been it. Mm-hmm. But they just, I mean, you, you got to take a chance, I guess. Yeah. You got to be guess- like, look, if we can't talk about it, we're fucked. <laughs> Let's just talk about it out loud. Yeah. Oh, it, it is this episode, actually. You're right. Um, at the end of the very end of this episode is where um, mom introduces a new baby and uh, Sister Crone, who's coming to help. Sister Crone, now your time has come. Uh, pretty good crone is a black lady they, uh, it's crone no i thought it was crone it's crone uh, i don't know crone uh she is the only character with lips in the entire <laughs> show i feel weird about her character can i just say that like it like try, i'm trying to wait for like is this is this racist like <laughs> like i'm not i'm not going to use as heavy a word as as that and i mean okay. it is like i have no idea what was in their hearts or whatever but it's just a little weird What's weird about it? She's sort of like a, she's like a big, strong, crazy character. She's like crazy eyes. Who at times. From uh, Orange is the New Black. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just, I don't know. It's a little weird. She's, she's just depicted as sort of this like out of control, crazy person. Um, mm-hmm. And it's weird, right? Because if you show like features of a person of color, in some ways, like, you should be faithful to that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You shouldn't just take, like, a template of an anime character and, you know, 
make it darker, make it browner. But it is also just weird where I was kind of like, is this a little bit of like a caricature Mm -hmm. of a black person? There's, there's... I'm not saying I have any specific conclusion. I'm just like, I wondered about it. There seems to be like brown children in this. They're, they're pretty light. They're pretty light. Like Don Don is a is a uh, darker skinned. Uh, yeah. Kid. So yeah. they they have. He looks some, like Shinji, but they just made him darker. Like they have some diversity among the kids, but they just look like an, an the same anime character, just with like a darker skin tone. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just weird looking at her, especially because she also makes the most like creepy faces. You know, where she gets really close to kids and her eyes are all like horrific and stuff. Well, but um, so is mom. Yeah, like, she's very scary. scary. Mom isn't as bad. Really? Yeah. I'm more scared of mom. Well, yes, but she doesn't have as detailed and differing faces as Crone does. They, yeah. they really, really uh, amp up the uh, weirditude. Yeah. Uh, she also talks to a fucked up doll. and She talks to herself. As I said, is very, uh, very tall. Um, and violent. Yes, and violent. Scary. And um, what did I write down here? Yeah, so part of me, so they talk about how they have to escape, right? Because they don't want to just sit around waiting to be eaten and part of me was thinking like i don't know should they not have just overthrown their you know masters and taken the place as as a fortress you know it can house all 30 plus of you Uh, i mean yeah you don't have any idea if like they bring in some like insanely large fucking fortress and just mow you down or something some sort of you know star killer base of demons Yeah, you don't know what they're gonna do at one point, I, th- I think it's this episode, maybe it's afterwards, they're talking about the outside world. Yeah, yeah, it's when Ray is like, but Emma, it's too dangerous out there. For all we know, he does another big conclusion where he's like, it's probably a whole demon society out there. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if that's true. This could still be the regular world, but demons have infiltrated our world and are holding us hostage and are secretly being like, you have to bring me delicious, smart children. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, we all know about that, pedophile ring that's in the basement of the pizza restaurant Mark. you know it's it's just like that um this is actually a documentary anime stop with your conspiracy theories um i'm only kidding uh so but it was it was weird to me that he's like you know what the rest of the world is just demons it's demons all the way down and i was like you know you have no idea you don't know like they could I think be he's just trying to be pragmatic like yeah. that could be the case and they have to assume the worst yeah it's true but it does also inform... Yeah, I guess so. I was going to say it informs their strategy of leaving the place, but... Uh, no, they definitely should leave. Because the thing is, too, like, even if it's not... Even if it's something different, like, the demons will still know, like, what happened to mom? Oh, we're not getting our meat anymore. She was supposed to meet us here with, with the children, meet and they're not. Me. Like, and they know exactly where... If, if they stay there, if they, like, just, like, all attack mom and sister crone then you know they can't stay there like maybe they can they can do that and then try to escape but you also don't know like what kind of um alarming system they have maybe if something happens to mom there's a thing that alerts the demons oh shit she's got a kill switch yeah you have no idea so um you got to be ready to get the fuck out of there because you don't want to be exactly where they know you are because they can just come back with like reinforcements and stuff yeah Um, just it's, a giant it's, demon it's true, army attack. But I also question the, yeah, I don't know. Because part of me was thinking they do that. I keep saying that phrase. I was theorizing that they, they do that. They, they get rid of these evil nun ladies. And then a few of them break off to explore, you know, and then they come back with a vehicle or, or something. You know, the idea of just let's take 30 people into the forest seems like a terrible idea. 
I mean, that's part of the premise, right? Is that it's、mm. these are these are insanely slim odds, and we have to overcome that.、Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I think it's better. You to guys take have, have put a, put put a better perspective on it by being like he's assuming that it could be the worst, not、yeah. necessarily that it definitely is how it is. Yeah, and that's the worst. That's the worst possible scenario for them, where it's like there actually is nowhere to go.、Um, they can't stay there, but they also like there. There's nowhere for them to go to. Yeah,、uh, I also had a fun thought. I imagined, what if this show like kind of ends, then they just jump ahead like thirty years, and for whatever reason things are fine. It's all these humans. They're all the anime characters, but grown up, and they're asking like Emma about her childhood. And she's talking about like, yeah, you know, I was raised on an orphanage. She's <laughs> like, I'm, you know what? Actually, I'm pretty sure that they would send us to demons to be eaten as meat. You、oh、think my, like she blacks it out? Oh my god! And, and there's、like、just a bunch、it. of flashbacks, <laughs> and then、uh, the credits roll. End of show. Okay. I don't know why, but that would be the funniest punchline to me is if you just didn't show how anything ended,、uh, and it was just a really traumatic experience she had to live with.、Um, that's episode two. Yes, that is episode two, and so now we, episode three is all about the kids trying to figure out where the、um, tracking device is so that they can figure out how to disable it. And they start with the butt, and they don't find it there. No, they inspect the new baby, whose name is Carol.、Um, Emma, Emma is able to find it. It's a little bug bite on the、uh, on the ear、mm-hmm. that like heals by the time they grow up, but. It's, it's very convenient they had a baby, yeah, with them. You know what I mean? That you could be like, "Oh, this is a baby," and so they must have a new incision. Well, the baby was there to replace uh, uh, Connie, who was、uh, eaten. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess you always start as a baby at the orphanage. They wouldn't bring somebody in who's three. Yeah, because that means yeah.、Um, they also think they also theorize that there is a place where they prep the like one year olds. You know, like the, where they prep the infants or yeah. whatever.、Um, they tag them and shit. Yeah, and I wonder like how they make new ones, like what that process is. Is there a separate that farm? That is completely nightmarish to think about. There's just a separate farm that like inseminates women. That's scary. Yeah, I have other thoughts. I'm not going to say because they're too dark. But anyway, it's the Matrix. <laughs> that's it. That's what it was.、Um, cool. Yeah, they tattoo them. They put in there a tracking device.、Uh, they I don't know murder their parents or whatever.、Um, mm. Yeah. So thinking about it, I was like, so the show in some ways reminds me of the show, the anime and and media property Higurashi or Higurashi no Nakukoro ni,、uh, which is when the cicadas cry, and it's sort of I don't remember what the premise is too well, but it's got a bunch of little kids that are cute, but then there's also extremely dark moments of violence, and so I was wondering if these kids were gonna have to like rip their ears off, like part of their ear, like、mm. you know. Like to get、uh, the tracking device off, like it was going to be messy that way. We still don't know. Yeah, so far from what we've seen, there isn't. I mean, we saw the little kid die. Not no, we didn't see it. We saw the dead little kid, but there hasn't been any violence, really. It's all been like pretty gore free.、Mm-hmm. That's true.、Um, but just you wait, brother.、Um, well, I think Ray again. Ray or Norman says about the tracking devices.、Um, Well, they don't know which one of us is like each tracking device. Yeah. I again, where are you getting that information from, dude? You have no idea. The、yeah. thing in your ear could have some kind of fucking serial number or whatever、mm-hmm. stamped. And I do think this show is well written, by the way. I think a lot of the strategy and forethought that the characters have about each other is 
impossible, you yeah. know, the way they outwit each other. But yeah, it's like someone really thought about how to imprison 38 orphans. Yeah, wait. Harvest them for food. That's yeah, that's not good. Um, <laughs> but that's why that's why I poke out these little things, because I, I want to be wrong. I want to be, uh, you know, convinced that uh, there is a reason for every leap of logic or seeming leap of logic. Um, but yeah, I do wonder that, that I was like, you don't know that they're not serialized, right? Um, then, uh, well, it's interesting that Ray is the one who comes up with that too. Is it Ray that comes up with that? Later. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I don't know why you say that's interesting, Miles. Cause Ray is a traitor. Oh, you forgot. I knew someone was a traitor, but I forgot. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's That's the end of the episode. End of episode four. Right. And I, that's why I wanted to keep watching. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, but they're going to do that every time. We couldn't sit there and watch eight more episodes yes, of anime. Yes, we could. No. And we didn't <laughs> because you want to play video games. Jackie, I also don't want to sit on a sofa I for know, like you don't 20 sit on hours. A sofa. I want to sit on a sofa for 20 hours. Yeah, well. Um, since you, since we've mentioned it already, were you guys suspicious of all, at all no. of before well, that? he was a little weird. He's like a goth emo looking kid. So he's very suspicious. I kind of was, I, I was suspicious. Yeah. It was the, the last note I wrote down was, I, I wonder if Ray is the traitor, like wow. right before. I thought Norman it. was evil. So it's, Ray seems they both suspicious. seem, she's putting a lot of trust into both of them. So I mean, like, yeah. There was the possibility that either of them could not be on her side. Yeah. I mean, but you have to, right? Like there's no way you can shoulder this all by yourself. Yeah. Or even two of you. Right. Um, and they slowly are like, we have to tell the other people. And it's like, I think it makes sense for them to tell the older kids so that they can get help to to bring along the younger kids. Or Yeah, and the younger kids might do something stupid, like just tell, like ask yeah, mom, like, hey, are exactly. we neat by chance? Yeah. They're not smart enough to be deceitful. They're too innocent. Though even like, I think 11-year-old kids sometimes are kind of too stupid to keep a secret, you know? Well, yeah, but that's, you're not as bad. I guess. The older you get, the better a liar you become. I guess, but I hope they're they're only telling like the kids that they can trust, you know. Yeah, well, I mean that's what they're trying to verify now. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we're jumping ahead. Uh, they realize since they love playing tag so much, even though uh, would you call this Miles? Would you call this more manhunt? What they're doing in the woods? For sure, it is more manhunt. Yeah, I never played Manhunt, but kids would talk about it, and they would try to explain the rules to me. And basically, Manhunt... It's like hide-and-seek plus tag. It's like a hide-and-seek, larger-scale tag game that you play, hopefully, in a large place like the woods or something as kids, and you don't get leeches uh, if you can. Um, I used to play with my neighbors, and I would just go home. (laughs) (laughs) And they would never find you. Like, why? Just out out of boredom, or...? I would be like, you know what? I don't really want to hide anymore. I just want... I'm done. I'm done with this. <laughs> That's so fucking rude. Those kids were out there for hours being like, where did he go? I hope he's okay. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did you ever say like goodbye to them when you moved or became an adult or anything? Or do, no. they think oh. do they think they just lost you in the woods one day and that's it? Yeah, probably. That's crazy, man. Um, I, I have a note here that there's a... Oh, wait. No, sorry. During their... They decide to use Manhunt, their tag game, as a way to kind of train everybody because if they're and seeing who's strong enough uh just kind of getting a feel for everyone's physical ability because when they Mm -hmm. leave they're gonna have to leave through a forest and mental ability too because it's also they're also teaching them the kids to strategize strategize and how to work as like uh, separate cells you know Mm -hmm. like army units and stuff Mm -hmm. we see them in the forest giving like military hand signals about Mm -hmm. 
how one squad should break off to the right or whatever. Well, because then, then they get the idea of, uh, of doing it in teams. Um, yeah, which is a lot better. You can't roll 36 people deep. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. Um, so that answers that question. And they play, they play really cool, funky music during this training sequence. I meant to look it up because uh, I enjoyed it. Um, there's a child named Thoma or Tama. It's like Thomas with no S. Don't know what that's mm. about. Toma. Toma. Um, yeah. And then I think you were going to say what happens next in the plot. Well, I, I want to talk about uh, how, you know, Sister Crone, we get to see the side of it from the adults who are harvesting these children. Um, and, you know, uh, mom talks to Sister Crone and is like, you know, you just got to watch these kids. Don't worry about it. And we learn that mom is like a very highly respected mom. And there's there's like mom is a role that you play to be like the head of the farm. And um, it's a highly coveted role. Sister Crone aspires to be a mom one day. Um, it's uh, yeah. And so she's highly respected. She's like one of the youngest uh, women to become a mom. Um in this context to like to assume that role and and her her farm is highly successful um the meat is very good quality it's under control it's producing better quality than other farms we also learned that because mom talks back to demon headquarters um what i just um so talking about mom right she runs this orphanage that's secretly a farm or whatever uh yeah uh, she's the only connection i found for voice actors who are also in jojo who is she she is uh, the girl, the Egyptian, I guess, woman, Melina. Oh. Who takes, no, the not the, the one that is dating whole horse. The one who takes care of little Polnareff when he becomes oh. a, a, a fucking baby. Okay. So it's like interesting that it's like, you know, she plays. Uh, these, she got to step up on this role. This these is a good lady role. characters that are good around children. Mm, what's okay. The, what's the deal with that? Call it that, sure. Uh-huh. Do you think these two... I it's interesting to think about the two adults because they're in some ways like the most evil people because they're betraying their own race in service of yeah. these demons but in a way they're probably also forced into it somehow so I'd be it's curious prob- to find out like what their underlying motivations are I think it's got to be self-preservation like they're like you know options for adults in this world like if you're not food then you're like then you're ahead of a farm you know so probably they're like well i don't want to die and so i'd rather live this life of murdering children um but these two look like they enjoy it because i mean it wouldn't be as fun to watch if we saw like uh that these women feel like regretful and they have like a drinking problem because they have to black out the uh you know awareness of how evil they are or something nuanced like that Mm -hmm. these women look like they enjoy uh growing uh children to eat maybe they were chosen from uh because i mean uh the the kids do theorize that um they're i mean they they kind of figure out like oh there might be somebody who is a traitor i don't know how they figure that out that's a very smart thing to figure out but they figure out like oh there might be one of the kids that is actually like an agent for mom and they're actually watching us um because that would be the most convenient for mom if like she had a spy among us i yeah i forget why they think that i think something does tip them off i think to i it. think they are kind of like it's kind of weird that mom isn't watching us very closely and like neither is sister crone so they're like there must be there must be something watching us that um you know that 
is not meant to raise suspicion. Um, and that's why they think that there must be a kid watching them. Um, and I think one of them theorizes that, uh, in order to keep this whole thing going, they probably select, um, children to be kind of part like in on it and eventually like those kids get to they're rewarded by growing up to be adults you know yeah or maybe that's what they're told and in reality or maybe it's what all told, the adult yeah. selection the mama selection happens outside in in demon society mm-hmm. uh, and these kids are just going to get betrayed and eaten or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah but yeah, we learn, so Sister Crone really wants to be a mom. And so she she kind of comes up with her own little scheme where she's like, oh, I can just rat on mom because mom isn't reporting this. I can find the kids myself. I can rat on her and then and be a snitch. And uh, then they'll make me a mom, which is like kind of logical. Um, yeah, that's the thing is that we, we find out from this monologue that uh, there are there are channels for this kind of thing where you should report what happened mm. but uh isabella the main mama uh has not done so yeah yeah and um, by the way this this uh, anime seems to take place in the year two, 2045 and all of the episode names seem to just be dates in uh, a day month year format because they all end in 45 and they go 10 and 11 um at one point when they're kind of figuring out how this whole society works in one of the early episodes they say something like well they wouldn't have da 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 in 2015 Mm. I don't remember what that's in reference to. It almost sounds like that's when the orphanage started or um, I don't know if one of the character, one of the caretakers mentioned that year or is 30 years old or something. Yeah, I think they're talking about the technology. Yeah, there was something about it. I was like, was there supposedly an end of the world they were told about that happened? Uh, that's a bit of a, a mystery to me. Maybe I just misunderstood something. Um, yeah, so we do see that like Sister Crone, though, she does end up playing Manhunt with the kids um you know probably because she wants to assess their abilities herself Mm -hmm. and she is extremely fast i mean in part because she's an adult for god's sake yeah an adult is always going to be faster than a kid because they have bigger legs yeah and um but she and she captures most of them in a game of manhunt and uh but we still have at least two i think what like norm Norm the the kids that win are no norm and ray end up winning the um right the boys win the game which because they're not caught Right, which is in some ways maybe what she wanted because by identifying the kids who are very skilled, like it's possible they've thought the most about this or they're the most dangerous. I don't know if that really... But I think she was already suspecting them. Yeah. Because they're older and they're smart. It's true. Um. Yeah, and then it's Ep4. When does uh, Mama put the kibosh on Crone's uh, plans to usurp her? Ep- episode four, Mom- Mama says... Uh, you know, if you behave, I'll make sure you become a mom, but don't step out of line or you're going to be fucked up or something. Everybody's playing everybody in this crazy demon world. And then Sister Crone goes back to her room and rips the head off her little baby toy that she's been talking to. Yeah. And Aww. she curses mom and she screams and she's being very loud. Yeah. Um, and then I wrote down, this is a good Mother's Day show. <laughs> because of course it is. So, they talk... <laughs> sorry yeah then this is where they they think about like okay let's play tag in teams and let's why don't we tell don, uh don and glinda they can help us gilda 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 not glinda glinda is the good witch gilda is uh, just another name I, I don't know anyone with that name um 
but yeah that's like let, let's tell these other two kids they can help us like make sure the kids are safe um and then that's when they are like, oh, what if they're informants? And Norman ha- Norman has a plan. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'm going to tell uh, Don this. Like, I'm going to tell Don that the rope is hidden here. I'm going to tell Gilda that the rope is hidden here. And then depending on, you know, like, you know, whatever, whatever. And then, uh, yeah. And But he's telling this to Ray. Um, so he's probably telling Ray something completely different than what he yeah, told Don well, he's, he's going to tell these two kids different things and see which information makes it up to mama. Basically, if they see mama go to check under the, the bed, bed. Then, then the kid they told the rope was under the bed is, yeah. is there. And then Ray says, well, what if they, they go to look and there's nothing there? Yeah. Um, and he said, I have a plan for that too. And then we don't see what he, what he was talking mm. about. And then I don't really understand what happened here. Why? What, um, what don't you understand? Don't we see Gilda go to Mama with a note, or is that really Ray and the hair? No, we don't me? see anyone. Like the note, she sees the note, but we're not sure who it is. From. It, it slides like under the door. They make it look like it's Gilda, but we never see Gilda do it. Yeah, they make it look like it's uh, Gilda. Like you see okay. Gilda leave the room. You see her walk down the hallway, and then you see a note slide under Mama's door. And so you're assuming that's what she's doing. Like she's the one who put the note. But it's the Kuleshov effect. It might not be. It might not be her. Um, and she, what she does end up doing, and we do see her do, is she goes to Sister Crone's room, and she's like, "Leave me alone!" And you know, you don't have to check in on me anymore. I'm fine. And Sister Crone is like, "Ah, so Emma told you everything. Listen to me, child. You know, whatever, whatever." And Crone is like telling her all this. Sh- like she doesn't reveal anything, but Gilda is like, "I listen, lady. I don't know what you're talking about. Can you shut the fuck up and leave me alone?" And Sister Crone whispers to her, um, if, you know, if you, if you think that Emma's lying, come back to me and, uh, I'll help okay. you out. Okay. What? That makes way more sense. Cause I had no idea what the fuck was going on. I thought Gilda slipped a note under the door to mm-hmm. mama in the other room. So I was like, what is happening? This is like tw- 12th dimension chess. I don't understand. What I thought might've been happening there. Cause I did also think that Gilda slipped the, the note. I thought maybe she trusts Mama, but she doesn't trust Sister Crone. So she was like, Crone, you leave me the fuck alone, but yeah, I'm going to tell yeah, Mama Yeah, yeah, because that's what I kind of thought too, because they play against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was something else that I was what thinking did you, about. What did you think, Miles? I got it, okay? You, you knew that that wasn't her slipping the door? Slipping the note? I mean, I figured it out pretty... I, I figured it wasn't her as soon as she made her confession i was like okay so somebody else slipped that note and i am still not 100 percent sure it's ray because we haven't gone into the reasoning of why norman accuses him at the end of this episode we'll get there yeah this could be another chess move where he accuses ray so that someone else listening no breathes a sigh of relief i think i know why and thinks that they're you know that kind of thing um but one thing i meant i I should have mentioned we missed is when they're playing manhunt with sister crone when she finds Emma and she knows she's like behind a tree or in a bush or something, she says to her in a way that like only they can hear, she says something where she explicitly like reveals kind of what it is, where she says something like, if you think you're going to be eaten or whatever, like, let me know and I can help you. I can be a friend to you. <laughs> she says something like explicitly about like the monsters or mm-hmm. being eaten. Yeah. Something that you would only know about if you were told about it or you ventured off the grounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't go into it. Emma does not respond to it. Like what? You know? Yeah. It seems like if, if, if they didn't already know the secret, sister crone is, is spilling the secret left and right. Yeah. You know, I guess mama feels like 
the secret's definitely there. Like someone knows it and it doesn't matter. Yeah, but Crone, well, Crone is is being a rogue because Crone is not supposed to be doing any of this. She's not supposed to acknowledge Yeah, but I'm saying all. maybe she picked up that vibe from talking to Mama. Picked up what vibe? The vibe that the kids already know. No, she knows that some of the kids know, but her instructions are you just watch the kids. Okay. Don't try to get in the middle of anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mama has a plan. Right. But I'm just saying that, yeah, she, she wasn't going rogue and... Uh, she was going rogue. That's no, absolutely going rogue. I know, I know, rogue. I know. But I thought you meant that by even mentioning that, like, she was going rogue and assuming that some of the children really knew about the, the, the way the world works. I think she shouldn't be, she shouldn't be, like, without knowing for certain that the kids know something, she shouldn't be talking about it explicitly yeah. like that because... You, I mean, you never know. You could be tipping the kids off. Right. And then in which know. case, if they come to you later and say like, what's all this about demons and eating? You're not going to know if they actually got the info from someone. It's harder to trace. Or if they right. just heard you flapping your gums about it. Yeah. Yeah. They can, they can, like someone can just mention it and mama will be like, what? And like, I don't know. Sister Crone keeps talking about demons all the time. I don't right. know what her deal is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the episode ends with, um, oh wait, what is this? Oh, um, so I thought it was Gilda, you know, for a while of the episode. And, um, I also, I wrote down that the rope thing, I thought that was good deception. It was sort of like in the departed where they're like, give some info to people, mm-hmm. you know, to find the rat in this organization, it's give some, give some technique. info and see what comes out. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, that's good. That's a good, you know, counter espionage, uh, uh, sort of thinking there. Yeah. Um, and when they, I, cause, because I thought it was Gilda when he, um, when we see Gilda like lie in bed after talking to Sister Crone or whatever, I imagine that scene in Full Metal Jacket where um, the one soldier uh, is fucking everything up for the the other guys. So they all just in the middle of the night go to his bunk bed with like bars of soap in their socks and they just beat him down uh, silently. And I thought maybe something like that was going to happen to Gilda because I was like, what are they going to do with the traitor anyway? Mm-hmm. At some point, Emma's like, even if someone tried to betray us, I would take them with us. Because, you know, everyone deserves to survive and blah, 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 blah. And she also said that, like, you know, it, there's no chance, there's, there might be, there's no guarantee that the spy is actually safe um, when, you know, when they escape and stuff. So they're like, I'd, I'd, I'd rather drag them with us um, to make sure that they, they get safe. Like, we're all, we're all siblings. We're all good people. Like, we all grew up together. Um, even if somebody was tricked into doing something or manipulated or whatever, like they're still our siblings and we should save them, which is nice. Yeah. Well, it's a good hearted thing of, of her to do. I don't know that I agree, but, uh, I understand the reasoning. I understand the reasoning as well. And I might agree, but thank God I don't have to be in that position. Do you agree, Miles? Or do you feel like leave the spy? I would have a hard time walking away from anyone I, I grew up with. Hmm. Makes sense. Like, I, I don't know, but there's 38 kids. Maybe you don't get along with everyone. <laughs> yeah. I would I would take the spy with us, but I would cut out their tongue, I think. I think Whoa. that's my compromise. You know? So then I'm like, now you can't share our secrets. Oh, my God. That's not nice. But you'll like live. That. Well, you know, sometimes you have to get your hands dirty, even in your mind. Anyway, the, sh- the episode ends with uh, uh, Norman being like, it's not Gilda. Um, despite the, uh, you know, order of the shots making the audience think he that says it is. He says it's, uh, no, Ray is like, oh, so it must be Don. And Norman is like, actually, it's you. 
Ah. Right, and then it ends. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a... Uh, it's good. It's a it's a gripping kind of mystery slash survival thing, and it's also k- kind of the framework for any any show, any work about revolution, right? About a coup, overthrowing a um you know oppressive system that you live in, where you have to kind of not yeah. leak any information, but you have to organize people yeah. without letting the powers that be know mm-hmm. what's going on and you have to figure out how are you going to survive in the world when you don't have uh, any masters anymore when you're just mm-hmm. your own thing it reminds me a lot of also the handmaid's tale because it's kind of like what right. they have to do they have to they have to like still play the game like pretend they're going along with it meanwhile they're organizing like an underground uh escape or something um also it also reminded me isn't there a holocaust movie where they like the dad tells a little kid like they're playing a game but it's they're really like in the holocaust whoa you don't know about that movie maybe maybe not there's a movie where the there's miles do you know this movie i do not okay there's a movie where there's like a dad and his son in a concentration camp like like the nazi holocaust like the, yes. the jews and, and yes. other minorities there's a, dad okay. and, there's a dad and his little son in a concentration camp and so like in order to like not freak his kid out and like he, whatever he tells the kid that they're actually playing a game and like that's why they have are to you do talking about life things. is beautiful i think so yes oh oh i've never seen that um i think that won an oscar i would see it again i saw it i think a long time ago and i don't really remember it yeah, but it kind of reminds too. but this kind of reminds me of that because they have to like like you know the best way to get these kids to go along with you is just tell them that this is just uh like to kind of lie to them and and tell them that it's like actually something nice and not something scary you know mm-hmm. yeah a spoonful of sugar helps the survivalism go down but do you guys it sounded like you guys didn't understand how ray is the spy but i get it do you guys not get it i don't No, because uh because ray is the only one who was actually told about where the rope was right I, I uh, think, okay so t- I they think- never told don I think, no, I think, I think maybe he told, I think there was just a third thing that he left out because when we see Norman explaining what he did, he's telling this to Ray. Yep. So I think that he never actually tells anybody what he told anybody. You know what I mean? Like, I yes. think, I think he told Don something. He told Gilda something. He gave them fake information, although this was all fake info. And he but told yeah. Ray that he told them things that are different than what he actually told them. Right. So you can also see who Ray was going to frame, you know, because like Ray, like, like he ended up uh, deciding to frame, um, uh, uh, okay. Don. you know, d- yeah. Frame I didn't Don. even think about the framing aspect, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so it's like, not only are you a traitor, but why Don, man? Yeah. <laughs> What are you doing? You should slip a note that's like, it's either here yeah, why not or Gilda? here. Yeah. yeah. Gilda's, uh, you know, she talks to Sister Crone all the time. Can we trust her? Um, yeah, oh, so it's it's a, it's a, it's an interesting show. It was not what I thought. I just remember reading it because I avoid spoilers. It uh, was about like an orphanage or something. I thought it was going to be like really sad and sweet. I said to Jackie, I was like, yeah, this one's about orphans. Maybe it's sad. Hmm. <laughs> It is uh, sad. It's in, scary. In a completely different way than I yeah. thought. I thought it would be like uh, grounded and realistic and, uh, you know, all that. Instead, it's mm-hmm. like, wow, what if this crazy shit existed? Um, yeah, it's fun. So we'll probably keep watching. 
we will keep watching. Mark, if you don't keep watching, I'm going to watch it by myself. That's fine. I just didn't want that to happen before we recorded Just release me from having to wait for you. Well, we already recorded the podcast episode. (laughs) Okay. uh, So you are released. No, I'm not released because do you want me to watch it with you? Yeah. Okay, my laptop's going to die. Bye. Bye. Bye, Miles. See you next week, everybody. See ya. Well, wait, I just want to say, yeah, feel free to email us, jojosbizarrepod at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at JJBPod and consider becoming a patron on patreon.com slash JJBPod. Have a great life. Stay away from uh, things that eat you. Good night. Good night. Oh.